Are you guys with us? We know you are. So here's how you can help. First, share this podcast with your friends. We can't grow without you. Second, go to www.dmwpodcast.com and check out our merch site. I guarantee we have some great stuff that you're going to love. And your purchase helps support the show. Lastly, keep on leaving positive reviews and follow on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Deadman Walking Podcast. As always, we appreciate your prayers as we continue to bring glory to God. Exploring theology, doctrine, and all of the fascinating subjects in between, broadcasting from an undisclosed location, Dead Men Walking starts now. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Dead Men Walking. I'm your host, Greg Moore. just want to say thank you guys so much for listening for following on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and for downloading on Apple and Google Play and Spotify and all the places you find our podcast. The response has been overwhelming. I do appreciate it. Well, I think we have a semi-announcement today. Um, I think we drafted, uh, finally I drafted Jason Hamlin to be the uh, co-host of Dead Men Walking. So, all right. Hello there. Where's the Where's the claps? Hold on, hold on. Ready? Let's go. Nope, that's laughter. Uh, oh, wait, that's yeah, that, that, that would be better. Jason Hamlin, our co-host. Hey. Oh, jeez, oh, man. <laughs> this is high school all over again. <laughs> right. But I think we have drafted him into uh, into being a co-host. So Sweet. you're gonna see, you're gonna hear a lot more of I'm Jason in. as we go forward. So how I'm you in. doing, brother? I'm doing awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Things. Uh, How's your week been? It's been great. I mean, here we are still in COVID-19 land. Yeah. Um, you know, still trying to get through and figure out exactly what's going on. I'm I'm still holding out on, you know, waiting on to see what's going on with all the numbers, the actual numbers. Sure. Hopefully we can actually get some true real numbers from this whole thing because I'm pretty sure didn't the CDC just come out with some I think they came out with new numbers and yeah. you know no one's numbers match either yeah nothing everything's is, kind of fluctuating yeah and I mean we have things that are uh, you know you you have people that are dying where they're just putting COVID on it yeah. no matter if it is COVID or not you yeah know? it's like wait a second, wait what you can't really call pneumonia well you know and and cross but they're getting paid to do that so. Well, here's here's the issue is not only do I have firsthand knowledge of that, I have secondhand knowledge of that. Uh, here uh, where I live in the county I live, um, I am a county commissioner, so I'm in, in contact with our health director and things like that. Our very first case that we, that we uh, classified as COVID-19, the gentleman had underlying issues. He mm. had uh, diabetes, heart disease. Some oh, other wow. issues, and we just classified it as linked to COVID nineteen. Okay. And when I questioned the health director, they said, "Well, we he tested positive for COVID nineteen, but we don't know if that's the cause of death. So anyone who tests positive, and they die, that's the cause." Wow. Uh, which which is a you know maybe a little misleading if it's not clarified for people. They just assume it's right. you know oh they they caught this uh, virus and then died from it. And then I have a. a Friends, two friends that are nurses, a family member that's a nurse, registered nurse, and then also a doctor, a good friend of mine. And they said that's kind of the same thing. If there's any type of respiratory issue, they mm. just classify it as COVID-19 because they say they don't have the test. 
and then move on from there, okay. which, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because looking back on this, we really won't be able to tell if we're not, you know, classifying these correctly, we won't be able to tell, right. You know, <laughs> where people were actually affected, who had it, how it was transmitted, Yeah. you know, miss, miss, uh, diagnosing the cause of death can really cause problems as we study this virus in the future. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure why we're doing that yet. I mean, there's all kinds of theories about it. Lots of conspiracy. <laughs> a lot of conspiracy theories, <laughs> which, uh, I mean, uh, which we, isn't helping anything. No, I'm just, it's which, not, you but, know, it's, there's, there's truth to some consp- right. conspiracy theories. There's, Big you know, foot. there's not truth to some other ones. I think we have to use discernment mm. and everything we look at. You know, when I look at the COVID-19, I see, you know, studies coming out that say, you know, mortality rate now is, 0.1 to 0.4% mm-hmm. uh, fatality rate, excuse me, survival rates in the 99 and a half percent because they, a lot of people um, have already been infected with it, but have already, you know, autoimmune to it or antibodies and don't show any signs. Right. And this study came out of USC mm-hmm. in LA County, which isn't exactly known for being conservative. Yeah. It's a pretty, you know, not, you'd hope that science isn't political, but unfortunately we've seen that it can become political on both sides, numbers and stats and polls and scientific research. So they're estimating that 70% of the population has been infected with it. I mean, that's huge. And they say most of those uh, have no, no symptoms. Yeah. Which drops that more, you know, that fatality rate down to less than one half of 1%. Right. My uh, my wife in December came down with uh, this weird, just cough, yeah. you know. In this, in this, she started. Uh, I want to say she had a little bit of a fever, but it, but she still says to this day that she survived COVID. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I I don't know. It was like it went through her through the salon that she works at. Yeah, you know, and everybody had this weird thing, this random weird cough, and I mean. Who knows what it was? Oh, I know a lot of people that think they had it in uh, late November, early December. This was December. If you think back to December, I remember how many people had this. Just they just kept calling it a real bad flu. Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. and they classified anything with uh, respiratory issues as the flu, right? Because they didn't know. Had no idea. So, I mean, it's crazy. It's it's also you know, it's it's a great lesson on just trusting in the Lord as well. Yeah, because we've seen. I mean, just fear and anxiety enter the public sphere just instantly, mm. overnight, over something you can't see, uh, you know, something like a virus. And I think it just really lets us focus that much more, put our attention to trusting in the Lord instead yeah. of trusting in our own might, our own science, uh, you know, our own understanding. But yeah, so way to start out with a downer there. Sorry, sorry. Uh, that's, you know, it's and just I just fed right into on. it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm messing with you. Yeah, I, uh, I could throw I could throw a few more things in there if you, if you want. No, I won't. How's your daughter? All right. Oh, Emsley Jane is amazing. Yeah. She, uh, couple oh month old, little over a month. She couple is months old. Three months. Oh my old gosh. On Sunday. Wow. I want to say something like that, but yeah, but yeah. I mean, she's she's starting to do little giggles. Yeah. You know, little, little, uh, laughs and yeah, she laughs at me all the time, you know, yeah. just like our audience did, um, <laughs> there for a moment. When, 
no, I'm just joking. But uh, but yeah, man, she's awesome. She uh, she threw up on me before I showed up here. I had to change my shirt. Nice. Um, uh, which was cool. You know, it's all good, baby love. Yeah. But which uh, what shirt are you are you wearing that shirt in wearing, tonight for tonight's subject? Yeah, Sola Scriptura. I decided awesome. to go ahead and uh, <laughs> throw on yeah one of the five solas. Because that's um, what we're going to be talking about tonight yeah, too. Yeah. We wanted to get into the five solas, kind of a history of where they came from. Uh, where they're found in scripture. What are they? Yeah. Some people aren't familiar with them. I had no idea what they were um, probably about a year ago. I think. Yeah. And even now, I mean, like, it's such a deep subject. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you can go so far into that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Five Souls is amazing. Well, it's weird for me because I grew up with some of them being taught to me, but not being called that. Mm, okay. You know, when, when I was younger, it was, well, uh, the Bible is the inspired word of God. Mm. That's what we listen to. That's that's our authority and nothing else. Right. But I was, you know, we were talking about sola scriptura, but I, right. that term never came up or where or why do we believe that? I didn't even know until I got much older that there was uh, other denominations and other religions within the Christian heading that believe differently. Mm-hmm. You know, Catholics, for instance, right. have church tradition and the scriptures that they say define that are both authoritative, yeah. which we, we can get into that discussion. Cause that one's, that one's kind of a head twister where they say, well, one doesn't supersede the other, but essentially church tradition does interpret scripture. So right. in my mind, I would say your tradition is actually the last authoritative word <laughs> exactly. over scripture if, if you're a true Catholic, but, um, I, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, uh, yeah, so the daughter's doing good. We're still yeah. getting through the COVID-19, COVID. Uh, um, uh, yeah. I mean, the life, I mean, in the Hamlin household, life is good. Yeah. It's good. Us too. We are. Yeah. I mean, are, are you guys, uh, have you changed much? I mean, I know this is your, this is the way your life kind of looks already. You guys sure. are homeschooling and yeah, you and know, I'm home from I mean, work, home from work. And I mean, no, I've had a couple deals with real estate go through even oh. during this time, stuff that was already on the market that was vacant. People are purchasing now in real estate. They're purchasing without viewing until they get to an inspection phase oh. and the inspectors can kind of, uh, can, can have a term that they use that get them into the house that it's essential. So then, you know, the, uh, realtors and the buyers can go at that time. So it's, I always find it funny that, you know, free markets will always find a way. Yeah. And it's, it's, I'm talking to people that are, you know, here in Michigan classified as the non-essential, but they're still finding a way to get things done, whether it's virtual or, you know, some, some loopholes created in the executive order. So for me, it hasn't changed too much. I'm loving, you know, here in Michigan, it was 74 degrees today, sunny, Mm -hmm. you know, we were outside playing soccer and football and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. Heck yeah. Planning to build another uh, building here on the property, a a garage. So it was kind of talking to a contractor about that just right out here on this yeah on the side probably like a three car that faces the house and just do some finish off the asphalt and stuff like that sweet but so that kept me busy for a little bit but yeah not too much has changed did you go up to lansing the other day i didn't (laughs) yeah here in michigan i was looking for you in the crowd i was like is Greg? No, I had someone reach out to me. Gonna With there? his AK-47. Now you going to be there Thursday at 9? I said, ah, I might try to make it, but I didn't make it up there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, here in Michigan, for those listening outside of Michigan, there was, uh, geez, three, I think three protests now, mm-hmm. one in front of the governor's mansion, one at the Capitol, and then another one at the Capitol. And we have a whole legal issue going on there. Our, our legislature did not renew the authority 
for the governor to extend the executive order. She says she does have the authority without going to the legislature. They're both referring to two different public acts to back up their claim. And then our House, uh, state House um, submitted legislation that said we have the right to sue you if you do extend. They voted that in. She immediately extended to May 28th uh-huh. for the shutdown and, uh, and non-travel between certain places. And it looks like we're going to be in a court battle for most of the summer. Does like, this, I mean, you know, I know you're, you're in positive. I mean, I mean, is this more political? Does it look more political? Is it? more than than you know, just I'm like the, I'm saving the, lives i'm you like know? the wrong guy and the right guy to ask i it's guess okay. you would say you, you i'm can... the wrong guy because i think once you're involved in it everything yeah. becomes political yeah it's it's yeah. so sad gotcha i mean everyone and then there's double talk so they they talk one way but you know the real reason why why they're doing it right i said from the very get-go under uh public act of 1976 in michigan she needs to be checked by the legislature hmm. she's the executive the legislature, the state house, and the state senate—that's they were voted in by the people. Now the governor, you know, is voted in by the by the people as well, but um, they're the voice of the people, especially the house. They run every two years, okay. and they're closest to their constituents. And you have to have a balance of power. You can't have a governor. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat or any party; they can't have full control of you know what's, what's over private business, even too right. of, of of what to do and what to say. The legislature keeps them in balance. That's, you know, we have the three branches of government for that reason. And I was really worried that the, that the Michigan legislature was going to abdicate their power to the governor. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, when you have a thousand people show up in a protest right. and, you know, and kind of voice their opinions online and, and you have grassroots from both sides of the aisle, really, um, that are displeased with some of the things that are going on, the, your elected representatives, they have to respond. Yeah. And, and they did on uh, April 30th by not extending that. Um, I think both parties, uh, Democrats and Republicans, want to see us reopen. Mm-hmm. And I think both parties want to do it safely. Yeah. I don't think Democrat. I'm not going to demonize Democrats uh, or Republicans and say, oh, one just loves business and the other one just right. doesn't want anyone to die. You know, but they have different ways of uh, going about it. But I think too, it's hard for a democratically elect or a, you know elected Democrat uh, to go against a Democratic governor. Yeah. And I think really, when I I've been in politics long enough, there's some other political stuff going on here. Um, I I don't have any firsthand knowledge, but I would say from her actions, our governor. She is vying for a VP slot with Joe Biden. Mm. She knows that the more time she gets on camera, the more time she can update. I mean, even some of her words like my state and my, 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 and it's like, well, it's kind of a we thing. Right. It's not just you doing it. I mean, um, you know, you have state police and sheriff and legislatures and local county governments, all private businesses and business owners all working together. It's not just because you decreed something and then you know, the solution happens. People have to obey it and, and, you know, social distance and do all those things. Tyranny. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So when I look at it, I go, man, I don't know, maybe I'm jaded, but I think there's some political motivation from our governor there as well. Right. Um, You know, she's already thinking about reelection two years in. You normally do as a governor. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't know, just, uh, just watching a lot of these small businesses, um, is this mic going in and out? I think this yeah, mic I th- might be going in and out. Yeah, right? it was uh, last episode too, but it didn't gotcha. show up on the recording. So oh, I don't know okay. if I've got something in the corner, cool, but cool. you should be good. Okay. Um, uh, um, but yeah, just small businesses watching, 
you know, some of these, some of these people that are, are losing their businesses, um, that, that know that they're not going to be able to reopen, you know, or there's way too many, um, way too many, uh, just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Restrictions and, sure. and the way you're going to run your business, um, by wearing face masks and, uh, face shields, gloves, you know, uh, uh, changing your your gown every you know your your covering like if sure. um at at Mandy's salon my wife's salon mm-hmm. they're going to have to wear a, a a face mask a shield um wear a a covering you know like they're cutting hair yeah and but they're going to have to change that every single person that comes in they're going to have wow. to change it and it's like man, oh man, like how much extra money is she going to have to pay? That's her business. So it's like, how much money are we going to have to pay to have all of this extra, yeah. you know, all, so it's... Well, yeah. here and here's the argument that you get because um, the argument in the United States politically now has really been emotion versus logic. And you get that a lot, even in Christianity too. Mm-hmm. What I feel versus what is true, right? right? right. And in politics, uh, you know, the left is very good at, emotionally driven arguments. And sometimes that's good. Like you have to have empathy for people to also help legislate. Uh, And then the right usually uses facts and logic a little bit more heavy and say, well, no, this is the issue. We we should do things by what the reality of what it is, not what it feels like. Obviously I tend to, to lean more towards logic and fact and truth. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because biblically, you know, Jeremiah says, do not trust your heart or emotions. They will mislead you every time. You know, um, out in your own understanding. yeah. So when, when I look at this, here's the issue. When you say I feel for businesses and spending this money, you know, maybe someone from the other side of the aisle or even someone who is more mercy motivated and emotionally driven says, Oh, but what about people dying and this and that? And I say, okay, I don't want to be cruel mm-hmm. and I'm not being non-empathetic, but if we logically look at this disease versus other disease or viruses versus other viruses, this has an R not of like two and a half uh, which means for every one person infected, you can infect two and a half people. Right. We now know that um, it's a 0.1 to 0.4% fatality rate, which is less than the the flu or right. influenza strand that happens every year. Um, you have most people that are passing away from it. That's a secondary issue. They already have primary issues with their health. Right. So when you look at the coronavirus or COVID-19, it, it kind of equals up really to like a, like a flu virus. Yeah. Um, maybe a little more contagious, but overall it actually has now we found out has less of a fatality rate than the flu. So for the last hundred years, when we've been tracking types of flus, Mm. we've never shut down a government for influenza. And I'm not trying to sound crass here or, you know, unemotional, but we have anywhere from 60 to a hundred thousand people every year that die from these types of viruses. Um, There were, um, I think there were 44 cases in March when we shut the entire country down. There were yeah. 44, I don't know if it was, I want to say it was 44 deaths. Sure. You know, and the, and we shut the entire country down. And the CDC, that's what, that's what, it, that's what they came out with their numbers. Sure. You know? The um, only issue with that is in February and early March, we weren't testing either. So mm. I do understand that argument. Mm. You know, if, if, I, if we ran no tests, we could say no one has corona. Yeah. Awesome. It's done. Obviously, the more tests that we have, right. uh, the more I, positive results we're going to get, too. I might have the, uh, the 
actual. But my my greater point to that was it's always risk versus reward. What are we risking versus the reward? And when we have something that uh, essentially mimics the the flu, and we are literally crushing people's livelihoods and putting them out of work and taking away their businesses that they've worked for for generations sometime, right. um, that's not a good thing, and that can't last. You know, this virus is going to be around for years to come. Oh, yeah. The flu doesn't go away. No. SARS hasn't gone away. Ebola hasn't gone away. Um, you know, H1N1 hasn't gone away, right. which we had one in five Americans affected by H1N1 under Obama in 2009 and 10. And we did nothing like 60 this. million Americans infected. That's no 60 million. Right. We're at 100,000 right now. Right. And H1N1 is much deadlier right. than anything we're talking about. So when I look at it through, you know, logic and kind of, you know, history and what actually is going on, it's very hard to justify all of this, um, you know, the executive orders and the, uh, you know, pandemic status and all these in the shutdown of private business. You just go, well, we didn't do this before and right. we were just fine. And now we're going to have much, much bigger risk of hurting the American people than you know, not doing it, including debt, oh, I mean, debt on the nation. I mean, look, look where our kids are going to be paying, you know, yeah. I mean, grandkids, great grandkids. I mean, this is going to go over. Gender. I mean, I really think it will yeah. I mean, unless, you know, it was funny. I was listening to, um, he, he's a, I can't remember his last name. I think it's Kyle Kalinsky. He runs mm -hmm. like a YouTube show. He's an atheist and liberal. And, uh, I always tell people be informed about all sides of an issue. Yeah. You know, I'll dip into some atheism, dip into some NPR, mm -hmm. dip into some MSNBC every once in a while, just to kind of see what they're talking about, their talking points, where they're coming from. Uh, because I don't, you know, all those things I just mentioned are not my go-to news sources and my beliefs. But he was saying, well, see, we can do UBI, which is universal, right, universal basic, basic income. Basic, we can yeah. do healthcare for all. We've right. just found $4 trillion <laughs> out of thin air. Right. And I went, yeah, we didn't find it. Yeah. We literally just devalued the currency by right. $4 trillion and added it to our debt. Exactly. Um, you know, and we're already at $23 trillion. I mean, this can't keep going. Right. Um, and if, you know, and, and people go, oh, well, you know, I'm getting a stimulus and I'm going to spend that money. It's like, well, we essentially just devalued the dollar by 2 or 3% instantly. Mm -hmm. So your dollar has 3% less buying power yeah. overnight. And really the, you know, you know who that harms the most is people who actually save money right. or invest in the stock market. Mm -hmm. If I have a hundred thousand dollars saved in the bank and you print $4 trillion out of thin air, you've just made my hundred thousand dollars worth $97,000 and I haven't done anything. Right. All I did was hold on to it and save it yeah. like I should have. Yeah. No, you're not. You're, <laughs> you're, you're not. <laughs> I heard that. I heard Dave Ramsey actually say that, um, I, I think it was something like 40% of the the population in America could not pay a four hundred dollar bill when all of this happened. Sure, they had they don't have enough saved for a four hundred dollar emergency. Yeah, four hundred dollar emergency. Yeah, I mean that you know just that in general. I mean it, it's it's just surprising. Yeah, you know. But uh, I heard stewardship. Right I there. heard someone say, and just uh, full disclosure to everyone listening, uh, Jason and I, we are not financial advisors. No, uh, no, we are not uh, theologians. We're not licensed psychologists. No. Uh, so everything we say, take it with a grain of salt and measured against the word of God and uh, your conscience. But you should play Taylor guitars. But you should play Taylor the, guitars. Yeah. 
Name did you see that comment on Apple? They said, I'm going to keep, did. I'm gonna yeah, keep yeah. listening even though. I'm pretty sure that was Vince. It had was to that be Vince. Vince? It had to be. <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> That's a buddy of ours yeah. uh, in the Taylor versus Martin debate. But uh, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely crazy right now. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's maybe move on to some other things. Some, some, some godly some scripture, some, uh, some awesome, awesome God stuff. You know, when I was going through these solas, yeah. um, the topic, I mean, I was, uh, getting teary eyed the entire time. I'm just like talking about salvation, man. I mean, yeah. I'm just like, I mean, and, and even the other night when we, uh, we're having a conversation with Savannah, her telling her testimony. Yeah. I mean, just, just hearing your testimony. I mean, and I still get choked up about my testimony. I mean, just from where I was dead and, you know, spiritually dead. Sure. You know, to where God has brought me. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. and I'm still a, a work in progress for sure. Sanctification still happening. Yeah. But, uh, but man, it is, it is an awesome, awesome topic to go through, man. So. Which, which, uh, that's such a good point. You know, I, every day I just go, man, I've, the Lord had no business saving me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I, I say that quite often jokingly and, and I, and I kind of got rebuked one time and, and I just heard the Holy spirit tell me, yeah, you, you don't even get to say that. You don't get to say who the Lord chooses to save right. and who doesn't, right. who he extends grace and mercy to and who he, whom he doesn't. Uh, and I went, yeah, even that can, you know, you don't want to get, too prideful in right, that either. Right. But yeah, so the five solas. Uh, yeah. I had a lot of people actually, before you brought this up, this is such a cool confirmation, reach out to me and, you know, private message me and say, here's some subjects we like to hear about. Oh, that's awesome. And probably two or three people uh, said the, the solas. solas. Nice. Um, and for for those listening that are familiar, some of this will be review. For those of you that uh, are listening and you don't know about them, uh, that's going to sound familiar and maybe mm-hmm. we'll just classify it for you and maybe you don't know about it at all do you want to run down the five solas for us yeah yeah you have them there in front of you i could do that rattle them off so uh i'm gonna ask you how to say this in latin though okay (laughs) well all of of these uh all of these um, you know yeah are said in latin but um (laughs) sola gratia is that how you say that, or do you? Because I always want to say grazia, and Sounds I'm like, wait a second, that's that's Italian, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it grazia? But Latin and Italian kind of right there. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. so sola gratia, yeah, yeah, that's uh, grace alone. Yep, solus Christus, Christus Christ, Christ, yep. Christ alone, uh, sola fide, yeah, faith, faith alone. alone, soli deo gloria, glory of God alone. To the glory of God alone. Yeah. Sola Scriptura, which is on my shirt. Scripture alone. Scripture alone. Yeah. So the five solas really came out of the Reformation. I mean, that's really where there started to be some focus on these kind of theological points. Mm -hmm. And to, you know, and for people listening, you will never find uh, the term five solas in the Bible. Right. First of all, it's Latin. The Bible wasn't written in Latin. Yeah. Uh, but a, it's almost, I liken it to the Trinity, right? We don't have the word Trinity in the Bible, mm. but any Bible-believing Christian knows, knows that the Trinity is. is in the Bible, right? So the five solas are kind of summing up five biblical principles that are found throughout the Bible. And 
what happened during the Reformation, I mean, the overview, there was, you know, obviously 95 things that Luther found, uh, you know, had problems uh, with, had problems with, <laughs> with the, Catholic, the Roman Church, Catholic Church, and he nailed them, you know, on the door there. But really what it came down to was sole fide, which was uh, by faith alone. Luther had a real big issue with work salvation and kind of at the time how the Catholics were saying, the Catholic Church was saying, that it took both faith and works to be justified in Christ. And, I mean, it really came down to the book of Galatians for Luther. And he was saying no. Uh, you know, there was all kinds of issues he had, indulgences and selling, you know, forgiveness and things like that mm-hmm. with the Catholic Church. But he stood up and he said, no, we've really strayed from what the Word of God says. And out of that, within the first hundred years after the Reformation, which was, uh, what, October 31st, uh, 1517, 17, yep. right? 1517. Yep. Within that first hundred years, we really started to see these solas uh, kind of as a theological and doctrinal issue develop and be categorized. They really didn't even get categorized all five until the 19th century. Mm. Um, I mean, through, you know, you see stuff in the 1800s where that you had faith alone, uh, Christ alone and scripture alone. And then you kind of had the other two uh, in and out of there for a couple hundred years. It wasn't until I believe like 1913 or 1914. And boy, I should know the name of the theologian that coined all five and called them the five solas, but I can't. You guys can Google it, so sorry about that. But uh, it really wasn't until the last 100 years or so to where we've even referred to them as the five solas. Just before that, we just knew that they were doctrinal issues that were found in the Bible, and Protestantism adhered to them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Most of of these outside of maybe Christ alone, uh, you might have some other denominations like Catholicism have some issues with. We kind of touched on Sola Scriptura. The Dead Men Walking Podcast is sponsored by Greg Moore at Informed Solutions Realty. With over 50,000 residential, commercial, and property valuation transactions completed, Informed Solutions Realty is your premier real estate brokerage in Michigan. Whether you're buying or selling a home or business, Greg Moore at Informed Solutions Realty can help you. And right now, all Dead Men Walking listeners will receive a complimentary property valuation report, which is a $100 value. Visit www.gregmore.realtor or call 734-731-GREG for more information on how much your property is worth and how you can get it sold fast. That's www.gregmore.realtor or call 734-731-GREG. Dead Men Walking is also sponsored by Meriwether Farm. As followers of Christ, we are called to feed the poor, show compassion and mercy, and make disciples of Him. And that's exactly what Meriwether Farm does. Through farm and food ministries, Meriwether Farm is dedicated to serving the underprivileged and those in need in their community, showing the love of Christ, and making Christ known. Meriwether Farm is a nonprofit charity that fulfills its kingdom mission by partnering with listeners like you. For more information on how you can get involved or donate, visit www.mwfarmministries.org. That's www.mwfarmministries.org. We are also brought to you by Threads Baby Boutique. Hand-sewn and made right here in the USA, Threads Baby Boutique Etsy shop is a must-visit. With unique clothes and accessories for infants, toddlers, and young children, you're sure to find the perfect ensemble at the Threads Baby Boutique. Children are a blessing from the Lord. Why not bless them with this perfect gift and see what thousands of satisfied customers are talking about? 
Visit www.etsy.com and search Threads Baby Boutique or connect with them on Facebook at Threads Baby Boutique. And now, back to Dead Men Walking. Which one did you want to start with? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think the deadness and the wrath of God, right? Sure. Talking about being dead in sin. Um, so I, I, I wrote down a few verses and I'd, I'd like to just uh, go through them maybe. Maybe sure. we try this out. Let's do it. Um, so Romans 3, 9 and 10. What then? Are Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. And then if you go down to verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, and then if you move on, move on over to Romans six twenty three, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Then Romans five nine, since there, since therefore we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. First um, Thessalonians one nine and ten. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. I had, yeah, I, I mean, I, some more? I have quite a few, man. <laughs> just, I mean, the, just the, you know, the deadness, um, you know, the spiritual dead and just the wrath of God and how we're, you know, rebellious and, you know, we're guilty. Sure. <laughs> I mean, before Christ, right? Um, yeah, and Romans 3, 23 through 25 there it, uh, probably for me is a very clear, uh, along with Ephesians 2, which we'll get into, is yep. a clear picture of grace alone. Yep, grace If you read that one, uh, do you have that? Well, I have it in front of All have yeah. sinned and fallen short of the glory, but... All are treated as righteous freely by his grace because of a ransom that was paid by Christ Jesus. And I'm sorry, I think you have ESV there. I might be reading out of, I know you text me before and said, what are you using? But yeah. I'm using com, Common English Bible. Okay. I don't know how I even got a hold of this Bible. <laughs> it's my one that just sits out here in the office. Great. But um, All good. Yeah, so that that's a great one for grace alone. If you flip over to Ephesians 2, 4. Yep, 4 through 10. Do you have that? Yep. Read, read that for me because okay. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. in front of me. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved mm. and raised us up with him and sealed and seated us with him in the heavenly, heavenly places, places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of God uh, not a result of works so that no one may boast, may boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them well wow. yeah man so that's so straightforward to me Right. It's almost as if Paul was taking out the argument at the knees right. because he knew what they were going to say. He goes, look, you're saved by grace alone through faith, which even that is a gift. Even faith is a gift from God. It's not something you have in you to where you can work up enough of it or you can gain more of it. 
even the even the gift of faith is a is a gift that God gives to you. Right. So, you know, when we talk about grace alone or soli gratia, we have multiple Bible verses that show this. Um, right. Another one I had written down here was 1 Corinthians 15.10. Yep, that was do my you, next one. Do you have that one too? Oh, yeah, brother. Because a lot of these are, uh, you know, we'll probably have some of the same ones. Oh, yeah, definitely. Just because we both did a, a little picture. study. Yeah, we both did our own independent studies of this. And yeah, these are yeah, let me great read, verses. Let me read 1 Corinthians 15.10. I am what I am by God's grace, and God's grace hasn't been for nothing. In fact, I have worked harder than all others. That is, it wasn't me, but the grace of God that is within me. So, I mean, even there you're seeing again repeated, it's by grace. It's by, by grace. grace it's God. by grace. There's nothing that you've done mm-hmm. that can merit your salvation. Right. Yeah. We have Second uh, Corinthians 9.8 as well. Yeah, jump to that one. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Yep. Uh, Yeah, so I think these five solas that we're talking about too, I think are foundational to Christian faith. Right. I don't think that, especially to Protestant faith, I don't think that we, you know, these are much more popular, I think, in the Reformed and the mm-hmm. Calvinist circles. Right. But I think uh, Protestants in general adhere to, and there's some smaller denominations that right. don't, but for, I would say, 98%. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Covenant Real Estate. And why not? It's my podcast and my real estate company. But seriously, I've absolutely enjoyed helping clients buy, sell, and invest in real estate over the last 12 years. My brokerage serves clients in Michigan and Ohio, with more states coming soon. When I started this brokerage, I wanted to ensure that my expertise and knowledge would serve every one of my clients. I take my fiduciary responsibility to my clients very seriously. That's why I named it Covenant Real Estate. Not only is a covenant a contract in the legal sense, but it's also a solemn promise from myself to each of my clients. I will do my absolute best to serve you. It's also pretty cool that our name has some theological implications as well, which is a great conversation starter. And here's the best part. My agents and I have extensive experience in helping people buy and sell residential homes, buy and sell commercial properties, as well as investing in real estate and selling and purchasing recreational and vacant land. Covenant Real Estate can help you with all of your real estate needs, and I would love the opportunity to earn your business. So if you have real estate needs in Michigan or Ohio, call me at 734-731-GREG. That's 734-731-GREG. Or click on the link in the description of this podcast episode you're listening to right now. Remember, Covenant Real Estate. Confidence from contract to close. Uh, These aren't outside of the uh, the realm of salvation for most. Right. I wouldn't think. I mean, it's grace, Christ, you know, scripture. I mean, these which are... one? And when I talk to people about these, uh, the biggest uh, comment I get is, oh, I understand that concept and I've been taught that concept, but I didn't know they were grouped like right. that or had Latin yeah. phrases attached to them that, you know, we we actually uh you know identify it as that right which was the experience i had growing up yeah 
Uh, so do you, do we have any more for uh, um, Grace Alone? Yeah, Grace Alone. I had two more. Um, if you would like to hear those, uh, Romans eleven five and six. So two. All, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. But if it, it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, mm. grace would no longer be grace. I mean, that just, like, that's so just straightforward. <laughs> yeah. that, that was going to be I mean, my next point as well. Is yeah. The definition of grace is undeserved. Right. Right. And if we believed in a faith that said uh, we contributed to our salvation in some way through works, that would kind of not only would it contradict every single verse in the Bible that just says there's no one righteous, your righteous works are like rags, right. all have sinned. Um, but it would also, I think, put God into not only a box, but I, I don't know if that's any God that I want to serve that some of my salvation depends on me. Right. I'm a pretty horrible person. I pretty much mess up everything I do. You know, with, uh, I heard the parable dur- during this uh, study, I heard somebody talk about Lazarus um, and how he didn't, you know, he wasn't the one that, that came alive by his, by himself. It was by the grace of Christ sure. calling him forth, you know? Yeah. So that's the same with us. We're spiritually dead, you know, and we're being called out of that um, by grace because it's a gift. You know? Absolutely. We're not making that decision. We're, it's not like 90% us and then 10% right. Christ, you know, it's like, no, 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 no. We, that's not how it works. Which I would say, you know, we say that's not how it works, but there are um, many believers and scholars and theologians that argue this all the time as well, too. Right. Um, you know, saying what part do we have in our salvation i think the most biblically true belief is that uh we have no part in it right uh that that god is the author and finisher of our faith Mm. the bible says Mm -hmm. uh that the bible says repeatedly and even christ himself said repeatedly throughout the gospels and uh in the epistles uh the lord draws Mm -hmm. onto himself a people an elect people so when I read the Bible, I see hundreds of verses uh, that talk about uh, Christ being the author author of our salvation and not the other way around. I don't really see anywhere where we contribute it. In fact, I saw a funny meme a few years ago, and it's a picture of Paul, you know, falling off the back of a horse and a light, you know, basically a light from heaven coming uh-huh. down. And he goes... There I was on my way to Damascus when I decided to give my heart to the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I don't think Paul Paul didn't have too yeah, much of a yeah. choice in right, that. Right, right. I mean, he was knocked off his beast, <laughs> blinded for three days, you know? Uh, aren't our works like filthy rags, too? Yeah, it I says mean, your righteousness. I mean, that's the scary part of, yeah. of the gospel is... You know, not that all have sinned. It's like that your goodness and your in your righteousness and your own works are like filthy rags right, to the Lord. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, grace alone, number one, uh yep. out of the five. And I think I would say that most Bible believing Christians uh would agree with that and re- and really you really can't vary off that. Really the only big jump I see, and it's not not to pick on them, but uh when you get deep into Catholicism there is a lot of works and faith works and grace right. to be justified, mm-hmm. which that was one of the big splits we had, like I said, in 1517 with the Roman Catholic church. Right. Uh, when I go back to the early church fathers and, and look at grace alone, I see grace alone 
permeated throughout their writings. I don't really see a whole lot of, I see some minority voices, but I don't see a whole lot of uh, grace plus works or faith plus works. Gotcha. I, I know, think, I know Mormons um, in uh, second Nephi 23, 25, they, um, uh, I got it written down. Yeah. Um, after all we can do, like, like your works are what give you, sure. you know, your salvation. And I know that's going into a completely different um, I wouldn't even, you, you know, know me, but... me personally, when I look at the core <clears throat> doctrinal Christian beliefs, mm-hmm. which are, like we said in the very first episode, we talked about those core yeah. beliefs include things like the divinity of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, work on the cross, uh, the, uh, the resurrection, uh, the Trinity. Those are core doctrinal beliefs that call you Christian. There are three or four of those that do not apply to Mormons. Mm. So um, if there are, any Mormons out there listening that, that would love to have a discussion with me, um, I could probably point you to three or four core doctrinal beliefs where we differ on. Right. One being the deity of Christ, also being the Trinity, things like that. So that we when, can't when, become gods. Right. When you say when you say Mormons, I set them outside of Christianity. Christian faith. Yeah. Christian faith. Definitely. I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm just no, trying no, to say according to the word of God. It's true. Yeah, it's it's true. So, uh, grace alone. What what do we want to go into next? Uh, Christ, Christ alone. Christ I think alone, which be, a, uh, which a few of these we I think we touched on. You read in the yeah. very beginning a few that I picked up on that could be Christ alone. Yeah. Um, I had John fourteen six written down here. Okay. As a biblical, read it. Which I don't have my phone on me. Do you have a Bible app where you can get to that quickly, I or do you totally want me to can. John or, what? Or do you want me fourteen six? Or I can flip to it in my Bible here. 14.6, I got it right here. Jesus. But, the, but the reason we're doing this too is because I think it's very it's very important to always measure everything against the Word of God. Right. So if you have a, a doctrinal belief or a, theolo- a systematic theology, I think it should be measured against the Word of God. Amen. And when we're talking about these five solas, I think we want to show biblical support for them too. Right. Um, so Christ alone, John 14, 6, what do you got? Yeah, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, that's pretty straightforward. Very straightforward. So there's no other mediator to God except through Christ. Uh-huh. And this is the one that I would say that out of these five solas, I think even our our uh, our Catholic believers, would would the majority of them would believe in that as well, too. Uh. Um, there, there are some certain sects that uh, they take the veneration of Mary a, a little differently and say that she needs to intercede as well. Um, but that's even split within the Catholic faith as well. But I don't think, you know, I think this is a core belief, mm-hmm. a core doctrine, Christ alone. He's the only mediator. He advocates on our behalf. It was only by his work on the cross. Um, I would say that's this one out of the five here are probably the most widely believed within the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that or... Would you say there's, you know, I you're I, looking like you don't agree, which is fine. Well, the only the only thing that I'm wondering is, uh, don't they, the, the Roman Catholics believe that the Pope is our mediator? Yeah, right? when he's wearing that or sweet their, hat, their mediator, the Vicar of yeah, Christ, yeah, he is, sits in there. Yeah. <laughs> he's the one that you know. I mean, Jesus is uh, our High Priest in the Order of Melchizedek, right? So sure. It's like they. Uh, a Catholic may want to go to their priest rather than speaking to Christ. Yeah, I, you know, should, I, I, should, so I don't know. I should probably clarify you know. that. Um, church dogma would not agree with this. Mm. I would say if you talk to 100 Catholics, 90, 90 of them would agree with this mm. because 
a lot of Catholics don't even adhere to their own dogma. Okay. And, and I'm not dogging on them, no pun intended. Believe me, I can go to Protestantism. I can go to a non-denominational or evangelical church, yeah, yeah. Methodist church, Lutheran church, and I can ask a hundred of them a question about their denomination, and they probably don't adhere to it either. Yeah. Dude, so you could have asked me something three years ago, and I probably don't know. <laughs> you probably don't adhere Wait, to it. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, which is fine if you're in error and you want to right, you know, right. learn and grow and be <laughs> right. sanctified and all that. But um, I would say... You know, with 2.9 billion adherents, mm-hmm. uh, the majority of of Roman Catholics, uh, yeah, don't even really understand, you know, the terminology of the Vicar of Christ and right. the Pope interceding and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. I I would agree with you that most of them would go to a priest instead of having Christ be the mediator. So yeah, you you kind of got me back around on that one. We we could say that maybe this one isn't the most universal because once again, this was. I don't want to make this about, you know, the Catholic Church, but this came out of right. and when I say Catholic Church, you have to realize that was the only church right. at the time. Yeah. Up until that point. I mean, you had one universal church, and you know, even the term Catholic is sometimes still used to for universal church. Now it's been so long that we have Protestantism and Catholics that, you know, when we say, when me and you say Catholic or you say it to someone on the street, mm-hmm. they think of the the Catholic Church and, and all that dogma doctrine and theology um you know opposite christ still on the cross right and so so you know that that's all there was so the reformation truly was that it was a reforming of the church Mm. we look back and talk about it now 500 years later but then to martin luther and after that john calvin they were just merely reforming the universal church and saying hey we need to get back to basics here we need to get back to scripture yeah yeah Love so it. I also have first Timothy two, five okay. for uh, Christ alone. Would you mind first uh, Timothy sc- scrolling through that for me? Yep. First Timothy two, five for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Booyah. So that's what you were the just man. talking about. Love it. I <laughs> love it right there. It's like yeah. the man, the man, the man. He's the man. <laughs> Who's that? No, that's a different song. <laughs> so yeah, what um, you were just talking about, we yeah. just brought it up, and there's a proof text of there's only one mediator, and it's Christ Jesus. Yep. Amen. No one else can mediate for us on our behalf. Not a priest, not a pope, not a man, mm-hmm. but uh, Jesus Christ, fully man, fully God. Right. You got anything yeah. else on Christ alone? Yeah, yeah, I have, I have a few. Um, Let's do it. Once again, um, Hebrews 9, 12. Um, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Um, yeah, so and that's nothing's a- going to be added to that, you know? Like, yep. it's it's... His blood is makes it very right? straightforward. It's final. It was once. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else needed. Yeah, that's a great verse for Christ alone. Yeah, uh, Galatians two twenty one. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty heavy. Um, Galatians five two through four. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. 
you are severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace and go. <laughs> I know you could talk about that one, man. Well, like, what do you, I mean, so the how, law and sure. So how do you, you think, know. how do you think that verse reflects Christ alone? Why did you pull that one? Yeah. I, um, on that, I mean, obviously it, it, he's saying that if you add anything to it, or if you're trying to pull anything from the law, to mm. justify, you know, in justification or in righteousness. Sure. You know, you are, you're, you're off base. You know, yeah. if you do anything outside of Christ, I mean, it's Christ alone. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's, you know, and we like should, and we should clarify and, when it says Christ alone, these are all talking about salvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, salvation comes through faith alone, Christ alone, grace alone to the glory of God alone and by scripture alone. Amen. That's kind of so. These are all salvific, uh, which we should have said that at the top of the show in case yeah, people I weren't listening. Read, I might read, uh, but yeah. yeah. So when we're looking at verses that are talking about Christ is the only way to salvation, that's why those apply because salvation comes through Christ alone, right? No one else. Amen. What else did you have? Um, Second Corinthians five twenty one. For our sake, He made Him to be sin, who knew no sin. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. So that in him, we yep. might become the righteousness of God. Uh, Romans five seventeen through 19. For if, because of one man's trespasses, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Oh, I love that verse. Right. And it's so cool because not only do we see the word justification in there, Mm -hmm. But we also, once again, see these overlapping concepts within one verse. So in that verse, you have grace alone, you have Christ alone, you have justification by faith alone, all wrapped up within a few verses there. So good. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, when when we're talking about these solas, once again, you will never find uh, the term five solas in the Bible, but you will see all five of these throughout both the Old and New Testament. Uh, this is the last one, and this one's this one's really cool. Um, yeah, Romans eight one through three. There is there, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free mm. in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death, for God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemns sin in the flesh. So no condemnation. I mean, I just, I just, you know, yeah. And I think it's fair to point out too, if we're going to define terms, condemnation is different than guilt. Mm. There absolutely is guilt in sin because you have been found guilty of sin. In fact, both David and Paul in Galatians and David, I believe in Psalm 39, you have to double check me on that, says that guilt is a great motivator for repentance. So you can be, have guilt of, of a sin, mm. 
Um, that's our natural moral state. When we have been regenerated and have been saved and we sin against God, we do feel guilt. But condemnation means he holds it against you and mm-hmm. condemns you because of that. You can feel guilt for sinning, but there will never be condemnation in Christ Jesus because, as the word says, he takes that sin, and as far as the east is from the west, Amen. which I absolutely love that because we also know that um, you know the universe itself is expanding at an exponential rate. I thought you were going to say the world is round. No. <laughs> Well, I was I was gonna be like, dude, there might be some flat earthers on here, man. You gotta watch out. <laughs> well, even they believe the Earth is round; it's just flat. You know, oh, it's like a, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's not okay. a globe. <laughs> but uh, you know, the, the universe is expanding. You know, faster than the speed of light. It's yeah. the only thing they know that's faster than the speed of light is you know the expansion of the universe. Mm-hmm. And the Lord takes that sin, and as far as the east is from the west, so it's always just flying away towards us at an exponential rate. Um, so there's no condemnation in Christ. Right. I, I think some people think, oh well. Since there's no condemnation, kind of like, you know, since there's grace, I can just keep sinning and may sin abound. Right. And there's no consequences and there's no guilt or I shouldn't feel guilty about sinning. Mm. Oh, no. Romans 6. I would say if you don't feel guilty about sinning, uh, I would even say that you need to strongly question your salvation. Right. Uh, Because the, you know, the the worst thing you can do when you have been made new in Christ is to sin against Christ. Mm. Uh, and, and there should be some guilt there. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's not going to be condemnation not held against you or lorded over you. Right. But uh, I just want to make that clarification. So yep. those were our Christ alones. Yep, yep. A lot of scriptures in there. Yeah. When we do the video upload on this too, and when I upload it to uh, Apple and Spotify and all the places, we'll put these scriptures in there for each section if, if you guys listening want to refer back to them. Uh, which one do you want to go to next? Uh, faith alone. Faith alone. Sole fide. Yeah, sole fide. Um, what do you got on yours there? Man, I got like seven. Oh, good. I only have one. <laughs> we'll start with mine since I have one. You did a lot more study than me. Dude, I I just, I I don't know, man. I just We're, fall in love with this. With I mean, I love the word so much. It's yeah. so much fun. And, I, and I'm, I am no scholar. I am, I am just a, a Christian man in love with his Savior. Yeah. And I just love the word. I mean, if I'm off on some stuff here, please let me know. But I mean, you know, it's it's like, man, how how can you look at this scripture and not just get pumped? Yeah. I mean, this is just this is great, man. So Absolutely. Anyway, so, but. so which one do you want to start? You want to start with your list? Let's go. No, no, go ahead. That was you, a good you intro. had the one. You had you had the You did a, you, you wanted, did you did way more Homework. Were you the kid Dude, that like? No, I was, was terrible like, at school. I was like, "Hey, teacher, you stand. forgot to give us homework." No, man, I couldn't no. stand school. I, I mean, I was you know straight D student. No, I don't know. Right, who I was but isn't yeah, that funny know, though? Like, when the Lord gets a hold of you and then oh man, puts His word in you, and you're just like, "Dude, oh, my, I just want to study." It's I just know more. amazing. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I yeah, yeah. I'll have you jump to Romans five one. Romans I, five. One. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you, but I kind of just made you the impromptu reader. By, Dude, I'm uh, totally fine with it, man. I, you, so we'll, we'll go to Romans 5.1 and uh, read that one for yeah, me. Yeah, Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What's Amen. the second verse there? Read the second. Is through him, yeah. we have also... Christ alone. Uh, yep. n- yeah, through him, we have also obtained access by faith mm. into his grace 
in which we stand faith alone and yep. we rejoice in the hope of the glory glory Soli deo gloria yeah of god awesome yes so we awesome. got four of them in that two verses right, right. i should have said five one and two as soon as you start yeah, reading yeah. it i went i think there's something on two yeah yeah that's so we got four stuff. of the five just on those two verses right uh and i think that's why i put that one down there because i love them when they cross over uh -huh. too so what else you got um romans three twenty eight. I think we're going to be spending a lot of time in Romans here. Yeah, man. Romans is is the juice, is the jam, <laughs> whatever you want to call it's like it. The, it's, it is literally the protein shake <laughs> oh, of the yeah, Bible. Man. That's the one when the you need... The sausage protein shake. When you need to, that sounds weird, but I don't, uh, I, when, you, when you need to protein and carb up, you yeah, go to Romans venison. or Hebrews. By the way, venison. where's your venison jerky? I'll give you some before you leave. <laughs> I got some inside. All right, Romans 3, 28, yeah. where we hold that one is justified by faith. Boom. Apart from works of the law. Wow. Yeah, it's good. That one kind of just puts an arrow right through the heart of work salvation. Right. Uh, you know, needing works to be saved. That in the whole book of Galatians. But that what a great text verse that is for yeah. for uh for work salvation. Yeah. What else you got? Uh Galatians two sixteen. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one, I reiterate, no one will be justified. Oh, I love that one. Ding, get, ding. I'm giving that one a Christ thumbs up. Christ is the foundation, up. baby. <laughs> um, Romans 4, 4 and 5. This is going to knock you off your off your feet let's do it now to the one who works his wages are not counted as a gift but as his due Ooh. and to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly his faith is counted as righteousness oh yeah <laughs> ding 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 ding, ding. <laughs> um uh yeah man i i could keep going here i mean i i don't know uh how much the the audience wants to hear um read one more give us another one you like check this, this out is for what faith if, alone what if i jump down to the westminster Ooh. um chapter 11 paragraph 2 um faith okay thus receiving and resting on christ and his righteousness is the alone instrument of justification yet it Yet is it not alone in the person justified, but is ever accompanied with all other saving graces and is no dead faith, but works by love. Oh, beautiful. So, and that was the Westminster Confession. That was correct, yeah, which is a creed. Man. Yes. It's not, that's not canon. Right. That is secondary, but right. those creeds were created from biblical truths. Exactly. To help clarify issues for believers. Yeah. Um, the only thing that we may have to touch on. Yeah. Um, maybe James went into some of the work stuff. Yeah. And it kind of sounded like he was saying works. Sure. You know, he does instead of faith, you know, so, so check it out. So James two 24, he says, you see that a person is justified by works mm -hmm. and not faith alone. Right. So in, in Romans three 28 though, Paul says, we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Sure. 
but they're saying the same thing, correct? Correct. And what are you quoting there? James what? Two? James 2, 24. Uh, I think if you go a couple verses ab- above and a couple verses below, do you have the whole chapter there in front of you? I have James 2. Re- I could... Yeah, bring up James 2. Start at like 18. Okay, hold on and, a second. And then move through that from like James 2, 18 to, to like uh, a couple after that, 26. All right, 2, 18 is, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from works, and I will show so you, you my faith yeah. by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is He's useless? Dead. Yeah. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works and the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness and he was called a friend of God you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone yeah yeah so in context what mm-hmm. he's saying is uh, he's arguing back to them and trying to teach them that when we say faith alone, we don't say, oh, it's faith alone, and then we do nothing. Right. All we have to do is say a sinner's prayer, yeah. ha- have a belief, a head knowledge, and then we just sit back, and it's fire insurance, go and make sure we don't life. go to hell. He's saying they're very specifically, hey, look at you show me yours with faith, just faith and no works. I'm going to show you in a lie. You, that's a dead faith, because it says later on it's useless and dead. Right. He says, but in a live faith produces works so you're not justified by faith alone that faith has to produce works Mm -hmm. or it's a dead faith so he's basically saying the same thing but he's letting people know that uh you know it's not just faith and then nothing happens if it's if your faith doesn't produce good works then it's not a true faith Mm -hmm. just like how people tell me oh well bless me questions can a christian x y or z and it's usually one of those difficult questions that uh, I usually reply with, well, if a Christian is doing that, then I would probably question the salvation or say maybe they weren't truly saved to begin with mm. because they don't reflect the will of Christ or the will of God. Um, and I think uh, James is making the same argument there. He's basically saying, look, you can't be lackadaisical. If you just profess it with your mouth and mm. there's no outward change, right. well, then I would say that you haven't had faith at all yeah. because you know, in wherever it was in 20 or 21, right before we got up to 24, mm-hmm. he's talking about faith alone, but he's saying, look, you're not justified by faith alone in the sense of you can just have, you, you can just have a head knowledge or a confession of faith. Right. And then that, that, that's all that's, that's where the sanctification in your walk with Christ stops. He says, no, an alive faith, uh, actually produces works and those works justify the faith. It proved that the faith is real, right? That the conversion and the regeneration is real, right? Amen. Love it. So, what else do we have for? Do you have anything um, else for could, faith alone? Yeah, but we we could we could move on to uh, Solideo Gloria if you'd like. Okay. Um, Reminds me of a Christmas song every time. Which I, I don't know that I in Excel. Oh no, it's an Excelsius Day. Oh, gotcha. No, it's more Latin, but. What was oh, that? Wrong one. <laughs> I'm going that? in and out over here, man. I don't oh, know. Is it? That, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We might need to check this connection. No, I think you're good. Okay. 
You sound uh, good to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I had the issue last week. I'll figure it out, but it came out fine on the uh, on the recording. Cool, cool. All right, so let's go um, to yeah, Sola Deo Gloria. Um, how many uh, did, did you have? Any to verses? the glory of God alone. Yeah. yeah. Flip to uh, Isaiah forty three. Yep. Get that. Get that nifty smartphone up there. Yeah. Isaiah forty three seven. I don't even remember what the verse is. I just remember tagging it. And going, I think I would like to talk about that. So when you read it, you'll surprise me. Yeah, Isaiah 43, 7. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Keep going to 8. What does 8 say? Bring out the people who are blind, yet have eyes. Mm. Who are deaf, yet have ears. Mm. Man. So then he's even, okay, so even eight, he's going into like physical ailments and talking about for his glory alone. So the sola that says for the glory of God alone is essentially saying that the Lord saves, redeems, holds in his hand, lifts up, draws unto himself for his glory alone. Uh Has nothing to do about your glory. And when I say you, I'm saying the listeners, you, me, everyone included. It doesn't say, well, you know what I mean? I want to save Greg so um, he gets a little bit of a bump in his status or he gets a little bit of bump with his wife or kids or family or friends. Right. has nothing to do with my glory, but everything that the Lord does and everything that the Lord accomplishes, even in salvation, is His for his glory and his glory alone. Amen. So Isaiah 43 says that very plainly, everything I do is for my glory. And that's the Lord speaking there. So what else did you have for? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 15. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, Ephesians, and what was that? What was that? The was Second Corinthians four fifteen? Okay. Um, Ephesians two eight and nine. I think we may have already read, but uh, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing; it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Okay. Um, let's see here. First Corinthians one. Once again, doing it as a gift, mm-hmm. even when the Lord gives gifts to His children, glorifies Him. Right. How much? You know, how fun was it when you went from being a kid and going, "Christmas is the best time ever. I can't wait to get all these gifts. Mm-hmm. This will never get better ever in my life. I can't wait for Christmas every <laughs> year." Right? To cut to twenty years later, you're a parent, and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" Watching how excited right. my kids get about opening gifts. Yeah. Can. This is way better than when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I would, I would trade, you know what I mean? So as you mature and as you grow up, right? Uh, if we can, once again, if, if we can give gifts to our children and get that immense pleasure, right? we feel a little bit glorified. Oh, like how yeah. good about it? You know, I feel so great about myself when I get a gift specifically for one of my kids and they absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. In that moment, yes, they're being blessed, but I'm being glorified. And not in a prideful way, yeah, just yeah, saying yeah. it feels good to me. How much more to a holy and righteous God when he gives a good gift to his children and he's glorified? Right. It's that same kind of concept. I never want to put God into human terms, terms but we yeah. really we, we really only can. We have right. such a feeble, 
you know, we understanding of God. And, yeah. Three, yeah. <laughs> so I look at that and, and when I hear in God gives gifts to his children for his glory, I go, yeah, I totally get that. Right. Like if I could get just gift upon gift upon gift to my children because I love them so much, I get just as much satisfaction out of that as they get receiving the gift. Right. And that's how we should treat our heavenly father. Yes. We're blessed through the gift, but he gets all the glory Amen. for giving it as well. Yeah. Um, this one's a little bit longer, but read uh, it. It's okay. First Corinthians one, 26 through 31, five verses. Uh, you're fired. Here we go. Oh my gosh. Five <gasps> verses. See if, see if I can read it in one breath. No, I'm joking. What um, is this? A Methodist okay, church? <laughs> yeah, right. Five verses. Jeez. Come on. Come on guy. I got football to watch. Yeah. Not right now. Yeah. No, no sports. You see NASCAR doing uh digital racing. They have like what? Dale Earnhardt Jr. and actual NASCAR drivers, <laughs> like with the eye racing, with those, and they're competing against like normal people, uh, and millions of people are tuning in and watching it because they're so oh, hard. Oh, racing for, that would be pretty cool though. Yeah, but yeah, you can no, like jump okay. on. There's okay. like you know 18 drivers or something in a room, and you might just be racing against like Jeff Gordon. That's funny, or you know, and beating him. He some, did like a, like a little six year old. Yeah, some, you know, like some, <laughs> some kids like the king of like racing. He's yeah. like sixteen and he's beating all these NASCAR right, drivers. Right. That's hilarious. It's but, just like you know, getting on YouTube and trying to get something explained to you by a ten year old. Just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, how I've does had he that know this? I've had that happen. But okay, how do you do it? Oh, I just got to plug in my phone. Oh, okay, that's how you charge it. Oh, I, got I, it. We watched this one guy for Nintendo Switch. It's it's the guy and his son. But his son does like all the videos uh-huh. and his production quality is like a green screen and like sure. how to get to certain clues in certain games. And I'm like, this is like that top is level stuff. Awesome. And it's just him, him and his son, you know, his son's yeah. probably like eight and his dad probably does the video. But, yeah. you know, and I'm on it three times a week now for <laughs> Luigi's Mansion and freaking, yeah, right. you know, Mario Party trying to Secret figure out stuff. Caves Secret and... caves. Yeah. But anyway, let's get back to the oh, sorry, sorry. Okay. super long five yep, verses. First yep. Corinthians 1, 26 through 31. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. Mm. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So, wow, that's good. That's Man. So so we see a lot of things going on there, but the reoccurring theme I'm seeing in to the glory of God alone is the other side of that coin is so that you may not boast. Right. Because when God is glorified, we are humbled. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're humbled, we're without pride. It's pride. When we're without pride, we become intimate with the Lord. Yeah. And that's jumping down. I'll jump down to the last verse that I have. About, um, okay. Uh, Isaiah 2, 12 through 17, another five verses, but these are, again, amazing. For the Lord of hosts has a day against all that is proud and lofty, against all that is lifted up, and it shall be brought low, against all the cedars of Lebanon, lofty and lifted up, and against all the oaks of Bashan, against all the lofty mountains, and against all the uplifted hills, 
against every high tower and against every fortified wall, against all the ships of Tarshish and against all the beautiful craft. And the haughtiness of man shall be humbled and the lofty pride of men shall be brought low and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. And what was that? What was that verse? That was Isaiah 2, 12 through 17. Wow. Yeah, that was... So we got two from Isaiah for glory, yeah. the glory of God alone. Glory of God. Yeah. All for all for God being exalted. Soli Deo Gloria. Cool. All right. So let's move on to our last one. Sola Scriptura. Sola Scriptura. Not to be confused with Prima Scriptura, which means which it's just the just the premium. <laughs> it's like premium gas. It's like the prime. Prima. Prime. Premium. I don't know. I'm saying it wrong. Uh I, I don't know. Essentially meaning it's, uh, there's other faiths that believe that uh, it's not scripture alone, but it's scripture and. Mm. So scripture and tradition, or it's it's a prime source. It's infallible. It's the prime source of, of faith mm-hmm. and of salvation, but it's not the only. Gotcha. Okay. We believe in scriptura mm-hmm. alone, sola scriptura, you know, scripture alone. So let's read through some verses. That's what my shirt says. I believe it because your shirt says it. <laughs> Can you jump over to Second Timothy three yeah. sixteen? Do you yeah. have that one on your list? Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Because there's a few things that we have to Second Timothy Second Timothy three sixteen. Oh, yeah. And there's a few things that we need to preface this with too. Is that not only does the Bible talk about Scripture alone, but you have epistles that refer to the Old Testament. And their words as scripture as well, too, mm-hmm. which we'll get to that in the next one. But what does 2 Timothy 3.16 say? 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out theanustas in Greek mm-hmm. by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So right there we see already that all things, uh, scripture is for all things. Mm-hmm. And then he lists a few of those things. Um, can you jump to 2 Peter 3.15? Totes. <laughs> Don't ever say two again. <laughs> two fifteen, you said? Yeah, second Peter three fifteen. Oh, three fifteen. Three fifteen. Second Peter three. Yeah. 15. And for everyone listening, this is how we roll on the podcast. We just come in mm-hmm. unprepared. Yeah. No one knows what who's reading what, what scriptures for what. And it's a blast. And it's a blast. So, so. if you see if you're listening and you hear some fumbling around. Yeah, we're that's that's how we it's roll. It's cool. It's cool. That's how we do it. It's a, it's a real Bible there study. There is a point to all of this that we're... <laughs> There's no post-production on this. Yeah, Second Peter uh, 3.15. 3.15, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him. Yeah, so you're reading ESV. Mm-hmm. In uh, King James and New King James, it does says writing from the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I wanted you to read that just to show that, <laughs> and then you read it from the ESV. That's could, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, that that they referred to that as scriptures as well too. So right. we're already setting a precedent that Old Testament and New Testament are infallible uh, scriptures and the Word of God. Right. What else did you? Uh, what else did you have? I had a few other things going in another direction, but what what kind of verses did you have for? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, I. <laughs> I guess we could bring up um, Erasmus in fifteen sixteen. Yeah, you know, 
Why don't you talk um, about uh, that a little bit? Well, I really can't embellish on a lot of it, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, w- I will say that <laughs> he published the Greek New Testament in mm-hmm. 1516, correct? Yep, um, sure. And, uh, yeah, and that's, that's when uh, the Reformation kind of started the ball rolling in a way, sure. right, before yeah. Luther actually took it and wrote his 95 Thesis. Yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of, like, elitism going on with the Catholic Church at that time uh, because even Martin Luther came out and said something, and I'm, I'm going to kind of mangle the quote, but he said, uh, I would take a layman with the Word of God in his hands over a pope without mm. the Word of God any day, basically. You know what's funny? Yeah. Let me read that. Oh, you have it? <laughs> um, it says uh, Luther's expression Is it? of Scripture alone. Unless I am convinced by Scripture and plain reason, I do not accept the authority of the popes and the councils, for they have contradicted each other. My conscience is captive to the Word of God. I cannot and I will not recant anything, for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. God help me. Wow. Amen. Yeah. So right there, exactly what you, yeah. That wasn't the one I was saying, but that's a better I one. I mean, that's, that's a better one. Yeah. And I've heard that one before. He's so right because he was going like, look at my allegiance is to the word of to God. The word of God. It's not to a position. Right? It's not to a bishop. It's not to a tradition. It's not to a church. It's to the word of God, which why it was such a huge deal when, you know, he nailed those 95 theses and started the reformation because he said, look at, we have to get back to the word of God. Uh-huh. So what else do you have for sola uh, scriptura yeah, or scripture yeah. um, alone? Uh, Galatians 1, 6 through 9. Um, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Mm. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you. Let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Wow. And um, Luther's, I, I was going to read Luther's application of Galatians 1.8. Sure. Um, if that's okay, um, I'll just read it again. Galatians Anything you 1, want, brother. Galatians 1.8. This is your world. Is, we just live in hey, it. Hey, now, let's do it. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a, co- a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. So this is what Luther said. I considered it proper that the words of Scripture in which the saints are described as being deficient in merits are to be preferred to human words in which the saints are said to have more merits than they need. For the Pope is not above, but under the word of God, according to Galatians 1.8. Even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which you received, let him be accursed. And what was that? That was commentary by Luther? That was Luther's application of Galatians 1.8. Wow. Yeah, which is great. Such a good verse. Or set of verses. Yeah. Um, the one of them that I did want to cover, which mm-hmm. I, I th- it was it's a little off topic, but it's still under the heading of scripture alone. Can you jump to Matthew fifteen? Yep. 
uh, and it's going to be verse three and verse six are the two that I want to highlight. Okay. You can read three through six, but okay. three and six would be the two on Matthew 15 that I want to highlight and talk about. Okay. He answered them. And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, honor your father and mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or mother, what you would have gained from me is given to God. Verse 6, he need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. Mm. So six, three and six. Yeah, but six really puts it the pin right in it. He says, for the sake of your tradition, you have voided the word of God. I would probably say if I talk to a brother or sister or a non-believer that wants to uphold church tradition or some type of tradition or a theological tradition, putting your traditions above what the word of God says, I would take them right to the words of Christ in Matthew 15, verse three and six. He looked right at the Pharisees and he said, which one are you going to prioritize in your life? The scriptures, the word of God or your traditions. And he accused them and rightly so said, you have up, you've lifted your traditions above what the word of God says. Mm. And I think that's the final, that's really the final nail in the sola scriptura coffin, so to speak, because you have Christ himself saying, look at, you can't put tradition against up against or above the word of God. Right. Um, And we even see that when uh, Satan is tempting him, Uh, he uses the word of God as the weapon that, you know, fights, fights against the temptation coming from Satan. Yeah. Um, but what else, did you have anything else you wanted to add to solo scriptura before we wrap this up? No, no, I, I think, yeah, I think we, we got to it. Yeah, we're good. Um, yeah. So five solas, we'll just run through them one more time. So you have sola gracia, sola Christoris, sola fide, sola de gloria, sola scriptura. And those mean grace alone, Christ by grace alone, by Christ alone, by faith alone, by to the glory of God alone and scripture alone. Right. Love it. And all five of those are biblical, uh, theological and doctrinally sound beliefs as we just did for the last 45 minutes or so, or maybe hour or so, we will never find those grouped together. Uh, you know, in, in one passage, so to speak, right. we saw three or four in a few verses. Yeah. Yeah. But these are doctrinal beliefs that uh, that are upheld by Scripture. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, maybe we talk about, for, well, as we close this out here for the last few minutes, maybe the importance of even knowing these or why would we even be talking about this um, on the podcast? Right. Um, what, what, are, what are your thoughts there? Why do you think this would be important for a believer to know? Uh, or like I said, why we're talking about talking about it now on the podcast? Yeah, I mean, this is this is the basis of coming to Christ. This is, um, I mean, by grace you are saved yeah. through faith. I mean, this is this is about salvation, you know. Absolutely. And, uh, and I think if we put um, ourselves in the in the position where we are making this decision um, rather than Christ calling us. Um, I think we 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 may step into some muddy waters there because yeah. it 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 tends to turn into the 
me gospel, which we've talked about quite a bit. Sure. <laughs> you know, um, uh, but yeah, but I think all of these, all of these solas are just so important. I mean, um, I had another paragraph here. I was going to, I was going to read it, but th- this is just sums it up. Great. Sure. Um, by God's grace alone on the basis of Christ alone received through faith alone so that all things lead to the glory of God alone with scripture as the only final decisive authority for discerning teaching and defending those truths wow that's good yeah that was I'm pretty sure I got that from Piper which, <laughs> you didn't write that hey man you no. gosh no I didn't he could have pawned it off and just said, yeah. I'm, I'm like Michael Heiser. I, I have nothing that I've ever written. I, you know, like yeah, everything comment- is, is commentary. On everyone yeah, that's, else. that's Heiser. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's so powerful. And you're so right. And I do agree. Uh, these are foundational beliefs about salvation. So I think they're very important to the Christian, to the believer. I also think that these five solas really do build the foundation for our walk and for our understanding of who God is. Mm-hmm. I think if you take any one of these, <clears throat> excuse me, out of context or too far one way or the other, you know, every one of these keeps us humble and rightly tells us who we are in comparison to God. Mm. When we say by grace alone, oh, there's, uh, you, you don't deserve it. Right. You don't deserve salvation. Just remember that. Yeah. When it's faith alone, there's nothing you did. Right. You couldn't have enough faith to believe in this. Even that's a gift from God and scripture alone. Oh, anytime you want to know who God is, his character and your relation to him, go to scripture. Mm-hmm. Don't go anywhere else. Don't go to men or ter- church tradition or anywhere else. Right. Um, why is it here? Is it for me? So I can be blessed and I can have nice things and have freedoms and cars and in glory and you know, happiness. No, it's all for God's glory. That's why he saved you all, all for his glory, you know? Amen. So you can go through each one of these individually and, and it almost puts you in a place of who God is and who you are in right relation to him. And it lays that, that heart, you know, it hardens that concrete on your foundation in your walk mm. and in your faith. Mm. I think, uh, without these understanding, these five solas or without having those doctrinal beliefs or being off too far, you, that's where we get off into weird you know, weird, uh, theologies and, and weird sects of Christianity, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, word of faith, yep. for instance, uh, if, if they were familiar with faith alone, I don't know if they'd be preaching right <laughs> on Sunday morning about how, if you just had a little more faith, you could do this or that or heal or get a new car or, you know, faith is a gift from God, right? There's no faith in you as a, as an unsaved, unregenerated sinner, you had no faith in you. No. In fact, faith itself to believe through grace was a gift of God, as we just read Amen. tonight, you know? So I, I look at these and say, if let's say you're a new believer and you know, the Lord grabs you, you're new in your faith. You don't know a whole lot about who God is about the word about Christianity in general. 
Or even worse, you grew up in America and you have the whole wrong idea of what Christianity is. Sometimes I would almost prefer to meet someone who has never even heard about biblical Christianity and start with a fresh slate than try to essentially reprogram someone who's grown up in, you know, Western Christianity. But if you're that new believer and you're going, what, what should I be studying? I would say Googling the five solas. Uh, in, in reading each one of those, just like we went through and looking at the biblical scriptures references for those would be a great place to start. Oh, yeah. And it would be a great way to really build your foundation of your faith. Right. And, and who God is, who Christ was and what salvation is. Amen. So for me, it's, they're very important and yeah. I don't think they're talked about enough. Right. Um, and I don't care if you call them the five solas or not. Talk about those five things. If right. you want to call it grace alone, that's great. Faith alone, that's fine too. You don't necessarily have to refer to them as the five solas. But I would love to see more evangelical and Protestant teachings on these topics every Sunday in church yeah. instead of some of the other topics that we that we bring up all right. too often that maybe just tickle itching ears or you know feel-good sermons. You yeah, know, one of my favorite down gospel. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes, and I've said it before to you, is Spurgeon when he just says, "Look at, I should, I should basically walk, walk out of church on Sunday yeah. upset and hurt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I shouldn't feel good, you know, because it should pierce to the soul, right, <laughs> and hurt my flesh and strengthen my spirit. Exactly. So five solas for today's episode. Josh, did you have anything else you wanted to add Josh. before we? Oh my gosh, man, Jason! Oh man, it's the second time I've done. I've known that. you since we were sixteen, man. I'm just gonna start calling you Jay. <laughs> I'm gonna start calling you Jay. I did call you Jason twice at the beginning uh, of the episode. So yeah, yeah, two verse get... one. I'm sorry, Jay. Do you got anything else? Oh, let's see here. Um, uh... <laughs> I can't believe I did that twice. <laughs> Hey, if anyone's listening and you want to leave us an app, uh, a comment on like Apple or Spotify, just say in all caps, I really like your co-host, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Just call me and, Josh. And we'll know you listened uh, an hour and a half into this. No, I don't. Yeah. No, don't call me Josh, please. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> you got anything else? Let me think here. Let me, let me think. Let me think. What can I whisper into the microphone? It is by grace through faith that you are saved. And there we go. After an hour and a half, Jason makes it creepy. Guys, we appreciate you listening. As always, you can reach out to me or Jason on Facebook. You can uh, reach us at Dead Men Walking on Facebook. You can reach at Dead Men Walking Podcast on Instagram, on YouTube. And we don't mind answering questions or talking to you. Mm-mm. And we appreciate you leaving reviews. Yeah. The reviews help on Apple. They really, really do. They bump you up. The more reviews you get and five stars you get, mm. they kind of bump you up in like the algorithm. I'm going to write a review. So you have not written a review. No. You've been on here <laughs> four times. You haven't written a review. That's why I call you Josh. Good Lord. I, he goes, I'm going to write a review now. After, I had no idea that you want to what? You are I, now I Josh until you write a review. I want to see, I want to oh, see a screenshot and a text message. See, I, I can't remember. Okay, go ahead. But anyway, we've re- we've derailed. But yeah, guys, please leave those reviews in Apple and Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, all those places you can leave reviews. And we're going to be out. So thanks for listening, guys. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Dead Men Walking Podcast for full video podcast episodes and clips or email us at deadmenwalkingpodcast at gmail.com. None of your biscuits.
Be sure to check us out at dmwpodcast.com where you can purchase the best and snarkiest merch on the internet, support the show, and leave us a review or message. Dead Men Walking can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Dead Men Walking Podcast and on Twitter X at Real DMW Podcast. The Dead Men Walking Podcast is part of the Fight Laugh Feast Network. For exclusive show content, be sure to download the Pub TV app and become a member. If you're a business that needs to reach hundreds of thousands of potential customers in your demographic, podcast advertising might be for you. Send all inquiries to Dead Men Walking Podcast at gmail.com. None your biscuits.